Welcome to Godable, a daily reading of holy texts known in the Unificationist community as Hundoke. Today we are reading from the Champumogyong. Champumogyong, Book 8, North-South Unification and World Peace. Chapter 1, Section 1, Paragraph 22. I have tried to initiate VOC activities since 1960. Since then, we delivered VOC lectures even to imprisoned North Korean spies through the anti-communism department of the Ministry of Justice. Seeing from this viewpoint, I knew our time would surely come. For 10 years, since 1960, the Unification Church has been walking the way of suffering and persecution, but things will change now. As the Unification Church works for the sake of the nation, the nation will create the external environment wherein the Church can develop. We have been giving VOC lectures. Look at the people who have finished their VOC workshops. How is such a change possible? How could a person change so dramatically within a few days? Just the other day, a few local community leaders gathered to participate in a workshop. They argued among themselves at first, but they were transformed completely in only five days of training. In the end, even they were amazed at the transformation they had experienced. It was definitely something special, something beyond their understanding. We asked them about this many times, but they could not explain it. Everyone is aware that the activities of the IFVOC are reaping success. This is why Korea's domestic affairs and intelligence authorities are sending people to be trained through our program without telling us. In other words, they are sending professors who are in charge of setting the direction for this nation and in charge of critiquing communism to receive our education and submit reports about it. The intelligence agency is becoming keen about our teachings. Based upon the recommendations of these agents and professors, they report, we should expand this education to the whole nation. So far, we've been able to critique communism, but have never been able to present an alternative to counter it. For the first time, to our great delight, we've learned how to do so. The leaders of the intelligence community are wide-eyed with astonishment as they listen to these positive reports. We have been working against communism. The Korean government did not welcome us. Indeed, they opposed us at first because we displaced organizations that were under the government's control. The heads of such organizations tried to put all sorts of pressure on us in their attempts to eliminate us. Various organizations formed a pact in order to persecute us. However, justice and truth always prevail. In just one year, by 1971, more than 1,000 Christian leaders attended our educational programs. During the last five years, we have trained a total of 6.5 million people in our programs. It is now clear that the Unification Church is leading the resistance against communism in Korea. We have taken the central position in the field of anti-communist philosophy on college campuses. We are taking the lead in holding seminars for public servants and for educational organizations. In 1971, we taught unification thought to 400 prominent professors in Korea. No one else in this nation can protect Christianity internally and defend against communism externally. The battle against communism is also being waged in Japan, Taiwan, and other Asian countries. What did the Unification Church do after President Park Chung-hee was assassinated in October 1979? Since it was a great opportunity for Kim Il-sung in North Korea to invade the South, we gathered 700,000 people for an IFVOC rally. We put our lives on the line and also spent an immense amount of money. It was not the government that did this. We have to digest whatever people say, create a foundation, and continue the struggle. 
We are doing all of this in accordance with God's will. We have to defend South Korea against communism by forming an anti-communist alliance, curtailing youth immorality, and reviving a declining Christianity. If Christians do not receive us, we have to put them aside and do it on the Unification Church Foundation. In 1983, when I met with Korean government officials, they were very surprised when they realized that I always stand on the side of eternal truth. The Korean people had suffered greatly over the shooting down of a Korean Airlines jet shot down in the skies above the Soviet Union, and over the South Korean officials killed in the bombing in Rangoon, Myanmar. When they received me, I could see in their faces that they saw a ray of hope. People's spirits were greatly depressed, but they gained hope through me, thinking that perhaps they would be able to find a way to defeat communism. At the National Victory Over Communism rally, I gave a clear message on how to defeat the communists, and the people of the nation welcomed it and responded with applause. I infused hope in the people who were indignant and yet overwhelmed by despair. I engage in the Victory Over Communism movement not to kill the communists, but to save and liberate them with truth and true love. Therefore, without any ulterior motive, I am trying sacrificially to help the communist world, which is on the brink of its demise. On October 12, 1989, the PWPA invited prominent Russian journalists to join a discussion in Korea. At its conclusion, I sent them to Pyongyang, North Korea, to pass a message to Kim Il-sung. They were hesitant initially, but in the end they delivered my message. First, I am not his enemy. Second, he should abandon his political ambition to communize South Korea. Third, he can live in happiness and prosperity as our brother, only if he follows the trend of the world, abandons falsehood, returns to the truth, opens wide the doors of North Korea, and welcomes us with open arms. We have to let Kim Il-sung live and call him to stand as a witness. We need a witness who will testify to the greatness of Reverend Moon. I am not an anti-communist leader, but a victory over communism leader. I do not wish to kill communists. I only wish to save them. God wishes to save the world through good people. So, the person he tries to kill will perish, and the one who is giving them life from a position of goodness will prosper. The heavenly principle follows this grand path. Section 2. The Citizens' Federation. Background. From May 4, 1987, citizens' rallies for the unification of North and South Korea were held in 10 cities throughout South Korea. On May 15, 1987, the Citizens' Federation for the Unification of North and South Korea was established at the Little Angels Performing Arts Center. Two parents founded the Citizens' Federation for the Unification of North and South Korea so that the educational work of the International Federation for Victory Over Communism could bear fruit as a national movement to unify North and South Korea. Directly after Korea gained its independence from Japan in 1945, I established a condition representing the unity of Christianity and the nations of the Christian cultural realm, as the world-level Abel and Cain realm, but they could not unite with me. As a result, Korea was divided into North and South, and I had to leave my homeland. I have recently returned to Korea, and am gathering together and restoring the people through paying indemnity. Accordingly, I created the Citizens' Federation for the Unification of North and South Korea. This compares to the course to restore Canaan. We are in the position of the Israelites crossing the Jordan River and entering into Canaan. Ultimately, we have to enter North Korea. There were seven tribes residing in the land of Canaan. There are enemies in the communist bloc who are glaring at us today. We have to go in there and assimilate them. I am walking the path to recover a new fatherland. 
Filled with pain and suffering, I am moving toward the final destination. Once there, I will lay the cornerstone. While this nation was suffering in great turmoil between the April 13, 1987 enactment of the measure to protect the current Constitution and the Declaration of Democratization ten weeks later, on June 29, I waged the ultimate battle. Establishing the Citizens' Federation for the Unification of North and South Korea, I emerged as the last one standing. As one man, I represented the individual, the head of the tribe, the people, the nation, and everyone in the world, including all the saints and sages that have gone to the spirit world. I liberated the heart of God that was filled with resentment due to the misuse of love. I know I have to be a model for all to follow. I came this far, avoiding death, Although people have chased me away all my life, I have my position, not because I am a talented person, but because God wants to raise me high and take pride in me. Since God wants his enemies to voluntarily surrender and wants to hear them shout his praises from the earth, even more than their praises for their sons and daughters or for their own nation, he did not help me, but pushed me harshly to overcome the most difficult challenges. This is the love of God, who wants to award a prize that never before has been given in history. I have made it to this day without dying because I knew this. North Koreans are fully armed and ready to invade South Korea. All they need is Kim Il-sung's order. Right now, two forces are in conflict. The power of arms, which results from greed, and the power of love, which the Unification Church utilizes. Which side do you think universal energy will support? Do you think the energy of the universe will help us or Kim Il-sung? To which side will heavenly fortune flow? You must have a heart of true love that is willing to save the millions of families in North Korea, even if you have to sacrifice your own family. When you can have such a heart of true love, North Korea will collapse and its root will naturally rot. As life elements ascend, the world of death falls behind. In the end, North Korea persists only because the Unification Church is not yet prepared. I have established the Citizens' Federation for the Unification of North and South Korea for the sake of this preparation. The task of unifying Korea is as difficult as that of uniting the whole world. This is the focal point of human history, so we must be united for this mission. For unity to come about, we have to work with the two sides and gain the ability to integrate them. On that foundation, Korea will remain as one entity. Given all of that, we have to unite this world that is filled with sin. To unite this sinful world, first we must enter it and become its leaven. How do we become leaven? It is not done through power, but through love. It has to be done through tears, sweat, and blood. We have to fulfill our responsibility. Once we do that, the unification teachings will be established in this land. Through our philosophy, we have to drive the Communist Party from the Korean Peninsula, from Asia, and from the Earth itself. The democratic world and the communist world will unite once North and South Korea are unified. This is the same as the unification of the Jewish and Greek cultures. When they unite, East and West will unite as well. The worlds of religion and culture, Godism and humanism, and everything else will unify. Kim Il-sung is called the father in North Korea, whereas I am the father in South Korea. So the fathers are in conflict. One is the Messiah on Satan's side, and the other is the Messiah on Heaven's side. It is a fight between two Messiahs, and I am ascending while Kim Il-sung is descending. This eventually will solve all the problems in the world. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Godable. Godable is brought to you by the National Victory Fund and support from listeners like you. 
to donate, visit godable.org. Thank you.